The financial needs of a business go beyond tax and attest services. That's why CTBK goes beyond accounting services and offers outsourced solutions through their affiliation with CFO Solutions Plus. These additional services allow clients to focus on their operational and long-term strategic goals. Trust CTBK's outsourced solutions to provide cost-effective, value-added financial services tailored to your company's needs. Call CTBK at 716-630-2400. Again, 716-630-2400. Or go to ctbk.com to learn more about CTBK's outsourced solutions. Welcome to another edition of Tim Graham and Friends brought to you by CTBK, CPAs and Business Consultants. I'm Tim Graham of The Athletic here with Jonah Bronstein of the New Bronstein Times and joining us again. It's been a bit, but always good to have her on the show. It's Heather Prusak from WIVB Channel 4. What's up? And she is coming to us from the bunker in North yes. Buffalo. Uh, uh, it is uh, a fine representation, actually, of the Channel 4 Sports Department. Uh, Paul Stockman's desk, of uh, the chair behind it, just ripped the shreds. Uh, the Wheaties boxes, who knows? I mean, I don't know. I've never checked if the if the cereal is still in there or not, but that is a, quite the... That's actually a very good question. That is quite the display of, uh, of uh, memorabilia cereals. Yeah, and then uh, we've got two dogs in here currently, too. Okay, well, let's hope we get to hear from Otto and Truffles uh, before I'm sure uh, the, the we end of will. the podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, Heather, you actually probably should have it pointing at your desk. Yours is pristine and organized and well-decorated. Paul, you know, looks like Delta House uh, going on behind you. But uh, all right, Chiefs-Patriots. Um the two opponents uh, that the Bills have faced, the two big hurdles that they need to get across uh, heading into the season. You want to put the Patriots dynasty to bed. We can talk about whether or not that's happened. Uh, and now the Chiefs coming up uh, in the second round. It seems like this should be the AFC championship game uh, again because earlier. of uh, the excitement of these, uh, that, that these two offenses possess, the Mahomes versus Allen rivalry that maybe is going to, take off as Brady Manning and hopefully not uh, LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony. Remember when that was going to be the big thing? That was going to be the next magic bird. <laughs> Didn't quite take off. Uh, but uh, the Bills heading into this game, they were perfect. There's not much more they can do to, to improve on last week's performance. Um, what do you think, Heather? Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that this should be an AFC championship game because I said that earlier in the week. Actually, it's too bad this couldn't be a Super Bowl matchup um, because of just how electric both offenses are and also just the way that these two are playing coming into the postseason. The Bills have now won five in a row. The Chiefs, after starting three and four, they've won. They're now 10-1. and one. Uh, they went on a nine and one run to end the regular season. And then they just absolutely dominated the Steelers in that game in their wild card game. So um, you really couldn't ask for more from if you're a fan of either team from what you've seen from, from the bills and the chiefs coming into this game. Um, you know, Mahomes, Allen, it should be a really good one. And it's funny because I feel like the times that going into these matchups that, 
the Bills have played the Chiefs. We've been expecting this like offensive shootout, and we really haven't seen it's been every time they played, it's been kind of lopsided. Or, you know, last year when they played in the regular season, weather kind of dictated more of a running game um, when the Chiefs won that game in Orchard Park. So, but the way that these two offenses are playing, I feel like we're finally going to see that offensive shootout that we've been waiting to see, just, you know, drive for drive, touchdown for touchdown. Um, at least that's what I'm hoping for. Um, but, you know, that's just my opinion. Well, the excitement of this game is undeniable because of all the things that you just mentioned, Heather. But before I think... Undeniable. Yeah, it's... No, un- sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I, I don't uh, you don't think you... you- I mean, we're talking about the two of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL, you know, either of these guys, I mean, these are two Super Bowl teams. Yeah, you're right. I guess that was just my reaction to you and your dark background saying the excitement is undeniable. I, I was more laughing at the way you presented just it. Just excited about the game. We are just excited about the game, Jonah. And uh, you can come along for the ride if you want, or you can, uh, you can come up with all the reasons why Chiefs bills won't work. No, it's a good game. It's only Tuesday, though. I'm trying not to get too worked up about it too well, here, early. Here's, week here's and... something not to get worked up about. Uh, and before we – and what I was going to transition to is I do think that the excitement for this is undeniable. I think that people want this game to happen tomorrow. Uh, I think that both of these organizations went into this season back in September wishing they could play this game in the playoffs right now. Let's just skip – you know, there's some monotony to – the 17 game season and getting here. And I was just talking with somebody else uh, for a story regarding Andy Reed and maybe how bored this guy is after all these (laughs) years of coaching in the NFL that, you know, the chiefs are an organization like the bills are getting to now, but the chiefs have been here for years of, we expect to be in the playoffs. This regular season stuff is drudgery, the boredom that you have to fight through. But before we get, so that's why, you know, this is a big, this is a blockbuster matchup. On the schedule, it's in the prime Sunday night time slot. So it is absolutely the biggest game of the week. One thing, though, I do think that was a bit overdone uh, from Bills fans, and we touched about this, Heather and I did, during one of our segments uh, Sunday uh, on uh, Buffalo Kickoff Live show, is that there's, there's a belief that it is cemented uh, and put in a – a vault with chains around it and thrown to the bottom of Lake Erie that the new England Patriots are dead. And now it's the bills turn. And I think some of that comes from 20 years of suffering and a feeling that, okay, we deserve this now as bills fans, it's finally our time. Here comes our window. I don't think that's necessarily the case. Uh, I do think that the bills are clearly the best team in the AFC East uh, but, Joan, I know that you wanted to, to, met, to talk about this a little bit, and I agree with you, is I don't think the Patriots are necessarily dead. I think that just because the Bills were the better team this year doesn't mean that they now get their deserved five-year window or 10-year window uh, to go chase championships without having to worry about the Patriots anymore. I, I think maybe we look back on Saturday years from now, or Sunday years from now, Saturday, years from now and say, this was the death of the Patriots here. But I don't think in the moment you can, you can say that yet. No, I think in the moment you can say, this is the bill's time and it's not the Patriots time. And it's been the Patriots time for a long time. And it's something maybe to revel in. And there was a lot of revelry in that win. 
I didn't really think too much about where it is going forward. I expect the Patriots to be a competitive team as long as they have this coaching and ownership and leadership and the, the talent that they do have. There was a lot of talk about this maybe being the end of the line for some of their key players and guys that might retire. It could be still a period of transition, which this season was. But what I rejected was a bit of, and I understand why people wanted to feel this way, but the idea that, you know, the, the Bills slayed the dragon, that this was the, that they beat the Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski. I know they have the same coach and Bill Belichick, but that they beat the dynastic Patriots and they didn't. It's kind of like if somebody beats up somebody's kid because his dad used to bully him. That's kind of what it felt like. It wasn't really like they, you know, ended the Patriots dynasty. That ended years ago and Tom Brady's gone and the Bills have beaten the Patriots several times before this game. I think it would, maybe it was icing on the cake for some people to see the Patriots lose. But I think if, if you enjoyed that game because the Patriots and Bill Belichick lost as much as you enjoyed it as a Bills fan, you know, I, I question the motives and the enjoyment behind that. There was a lot of extra feathers in the nest. I can't think of a better phrase right off the top of my head, but there were so many other things about that game that had the fans worked up. Obviously the weather quintessential Buffalo, as much as it seems the fans are harping for a dome and are pissed off that a dome's not coming to win in the, in the weather makes you look back. And that's the type of thing that people will be talking about for years to come. It's the, it's the old stereotype that you know, the Marv Levy saying when it's too rough for them, it's just right for us. Uh, can come to the surface after a win and can, and people in Buffalo can make fun of these uh, cities in the Midwest that can't handle snow uh, until your own mayor can't uh, plow out your streets. Uh, you know, the buff, the whole Buffalo stereotype of we know how to handle this stuff. Well, it, it worked on, on Saturday in Orchard Park. It's not working so much on Richmond Avenue uh, on, uh, uh, on Monday or Tuesday. Uh, but anyways, uh, it was a quintessential Buffalo uh, you know, victory that everybody can pound their chests about their bare chests. If you're Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Fitzpatrick active, shirtless, yeah, that whole thing, uh, fat guy touchdown late in the game, rubbing it in on the Patriots. Um, Played all the doing, yeah, doing all the things that doing things at the end of the game that they didn't have to do, but they just kept doing it anyway. Well, and I think um, that's part of it too. It's the, I think it's also the way they won that game too. Um, I think that that adds to it. The fact that it was just a, dominating performance from start to finish. Um, and I think too, that it, it kind of reminds me of like, y- you know, in um, like a drag, like a three headed, like monster or dragon or something. It's like, all right, maybe you got like one of the heads like off, but there's still the other ones there looming. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say that it's like the whole monster is, is, is gone. Um, because you look at, the Patriots had one down year and that was last year. I mean, the, the bills didn't even reclaim the lead in the division until that win in Foxborough the day after Christmas, like that late in the season. So I don't think you can sit there with how competitive they were this year and how like, like how close the division race was um, after only one bad year last year. That's why I don't think you can sit there and say right in this moment. Oh yeah, no, they're, they're toast. They're done. Yeah, it was a, it was an entertaining win if you're a bills fan, but, uh, and I think that they struck a, a chord, 
um, after the game. And it's, you know, Sean McDermott gives them their talking points before they walk in there to the podium. He says things in his pregame speech and we see it because after the wins, the bills will post the Sean McDermott speech to his team. And he will say exact phrases that the players then come in and repeat to us. So, you know, they're on the same page, which is, I think, Not a healthy thing. For our... I'm sorry. We don't get those videos after the losses. That's, what, that's <laughs> right. That's a fact. Um, I have used, I have mentioned it to Sean, though, after a tough loss. I've used that uh, to get him to uh, open up a little bit after a loss. I say, you know, the team will, the team posts your, uh, post your, uh, your, your post-game speeches uh, afterwards. So, uh, I mean, what, what did you tell the guys? And he's, he's, he's been on it a couple of times. I just told, a, I just told one of my secrets, um, a, a way I can get Sean McDermott to tell me uh, things. Uh, but um, I can't do, I guess I can't use that ploy anymore. Um, if I could make one more point about the game, I just, not that this is a tremendous point, but it was a very, I think, generational moment it was the first time in 26 years that there was a home playoff game with a full stadium and that you know they didn't win that game 26 years ago so something like this hasn't happened in almost 30 years and that's a whole generation if not more than a generation of bills fans that never got to experience this probably look back at old clips on youtube and vhs tapes and wanted to live that 51 to 3 game and this was as close as it gets i don't think it was as good or better than some of other wins in the team's past but it was right now in this present time as close as you could get from that from a team doing that roughly speaking the gap between this year's team the the Josh Allen era let's call it the era the 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 McDermott Allen era to the Super Bowl era is the same as what I would have grown up in I know I'm the oldest person here on this podcast but when I was growing up I was in college when the Bills were going on their Super Bowl runs to how much, how ancient I would look back and think the AFL championship teams were before I was born. Now that was ancient. You know, people used to wear suits to the football games back then. Uh, It was uh, even at the rock pile. Uh, It was just a totally different game, a different era. Everything was in black and white. Everything seemed old. And now you see these old clips uh, from the Super Bowl era from the newscast and it's on that grainy uh, VH or beta tape, you know, with the warble in, in it. And uh, it, it just seems like so long ago when really I lived it, Jonah lived through, through that. Um, but that's how long ago it was. These, the Super Bowl era is every bit as ancient to today's generation of fan than the AFL teams were to me. And I, I, I know it's interesting and we do like to embrace our heroes, but it, it was, the thought crossed my mind when Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas are leading the charge before the game is that would be like Jack Kemp leading the charge even earlier than OJ. I mean, it'd be like, there's probably a lot of people in the stands like, Hey, I remember my grandpa telling me about him. That's Jim Kelly. You know, it's (laughs) it's been a long frigging time. Um, so this, this showdown, and I know that uh, the, the players aren't allowed to think about it, but you know, this isn't the AFC championship game. The bills are going to have to win another game after this to get to the, to the uh, Super Bowl. Um, is it possible dog sighting behind you? <laughs> if, <laughs> yeah, you if you're watching cool. on YouTube and you're not, if you're listening uh, on the podcast, uh, you're missing dogs. Yep. Um, what, um, what about the mentality of having, Again, the, the belief that you, uh, I guess, let me, let me rephrase. How do you avoid 
thinking that you just won your Super Bowl because beating the Patriots for fans for 20 years that was the Super Bowl. If you could beat the Patriots, it's like Michigan can go, you know, five and five and six. But if they beat Ohio State, everything's all right. Um, but now things are different. Do we need to recalibrate the way we think around here? And I'm not talking about the media, but maybe this is time to impart some advice to to fans who are who are maybe getting a little worked up. I think all you need to do if you're a fan is remember who knocked your favorite team out last year. Quite simply. I mean, it's, you know, fans are pumped up about, yeah, beating the Patriots, doing it the way they did all this stuff. But I don't think it's as simple as saying, you know, okay, that we did that. And now it's just smooth sailing. Um, I think that, talking about the history and how, you know, things haven't happened in so long and, and it's, you know, generations are, um, you know, looking at comparing when they were younger and comparing all these different things. I mean, the same could be said about that AFC championship game last year. I mean, you're, if you're, if you're a bills fan, like your team was one win away from going to a Super Bowl, and that team that took that away from you, is now standing in front of you again, but this time in the divisional round. So I think that if you're looking for a reason not to think that the work is done, look no further than just go pull up the image of Stefan Diggs watching the Chiefs celebrate winning the AFC once again and, and that image of him standing there at Arrowhead last year. Well, I think I the think... Bills are going to get up for this game, for sure, for, for all those <laughs> reasons that you just said, Heather. Uh, but getting through this game, um, the, the emotional uh, discharge uh, after beating the Patriots the way that the Bills did, and then having to do it again against the Chiefs from an energy standpoint. I mean, I don't think the Chiefs were as excited about beating the Steelers as the Bills were to, to beat the Patriots. You know, there are different, there are playoff games and then there are playoff games. I guess, I guess what I'm, I'm, I'm thinking back to the game in Arrowhead stadium on October 10th that the bills won so handily. Uh, and there are some differences there. Obviously the bills aren't going to have Tredavious white. The chiefs are going to have Chris Jones back there. The chiefs are playing much better. Now the bills are playing about the same. I mean, they still have their same electric offense. Um, but anyway, the feeling the after ball, that though. game, I think the Bills felt like that was their Super Bowl. And then they went into a little bit of a funk after that. They couldn't win consecutive games again until um, Carolina and the Patriots, December 19th, December 26th. They, they struggled. That loss in Jacksonville, it was almost like they uh, – I have to say it now, but I, I was going to – there's a lady present, but I'm going to say they blew their wad. Hold your wad there, fella. As uh, Yeah, because I haven't heard you say worse. Hold your wad there, fella, from Christmas Isn't that vacation. a money analogy anyways? Like, I don't know if it's really your wad? trying to apply. Is it? I don't Well, let's say it's it a is. A lot of money. Yeah, let's, there you go. Oh, I see. Like at the yeah. craps table. Okay, yeah, sure. that's fine. Okay, we'll we, we've that. cleaned it up. We, we've, yeah. uh, FCC can't find us. Yeah, good for us. Uh, but anyway, I just feel <laughs> like there's a danger of whether it be from fan expectation or even from a player standpoint, from a sports psychology standpoint, two highly emotional games in the first two rounds. They're still going to have to beat a team, another team, a good one, obviously, because they have 
made it to the AFC championship game, whether it's Cincinnati or Tennessee, there's another round yet to go before you get to the Super Bowl. I don't know. Well, I think the Bills will kind of do just fine with the emotional letdown or avoiding an emotional letdown and being ready to play this game. Of course, it's the NFL playoffs, and they know, as Heather explained, who they lost to last year and why it's important to – this is really the new dragon they need to slay. The Patriots dynasty is over with, and this is a a new dynasty or almost dynasty that Kansas City has put together. But I think for the fans and maybe some in the team or people that follow the team or people who are emotionally invested in the team need to understand that one game doesn't portend the next game. And it's a new week and it's a new venue and it's a new matchup and a new opponent and things can go differently. The Bills played brilliantly the other night, but they also probably had a little bit of luck and a little bit of good fortune. Just every play working, every there were no negative plays. I don't think they can expect to go and do that on the road again and, and have a, a no negative game and going back to the first time they beat the the chiefs i don't know if they had an emotional letdown coming out of that game because they played pretty well the next week at tennessee even though they lost the game early in the game they were playing well maybe there was a fatigue or an emotional fatigue factor with back-to-back road games but i do think that's an instructive lesson for the fans that just because something happens doesn't mean what you think is going to happen next is what happens. It's almost like watching a movie or television. There's going to be a new episode and you might be surprised at what unfolds in this next game. Yeah. I don't think we're going to see Josh Allen thinking that he's throwing the ball away and then it magically ends up in Dawson Knox's hands for a touchdown, um, a play where you're not even trying to score a touchdown and you do, or, or that incredible, Mike a Hyde interception like that where he, you know, flies in and, and is able to to grab it there. Um, you know, that, a game it like was a touchdown the whole way. That yeah, it was a, I it mean was a touchdown. And yeah. Uh, yeah, you can't the reason we're still talking about it all these days later is because it was such an amazing, miraculous play. You can't count on those on a week-to-week basis. And you know Patrick Mahomes is going to spot some open receivers here and there. Um yeah, it's uh, it's but this is the opponent. And this is an, another point I just wanted to, to make. And I know that uh, Heather is uh, has a window here we need to hit. But, um, you know, this is the team that the Bills spent their offseason trying to beat. They didn't. Yes. Yeah. They didn't spend their offseason worrying about the Patriots. The Patriots are awful last year. Mac Jones was a rookie quarterback with a lot of question marks. They were still in a little bit of an overhaul mode, even though they'd spent some money on free agency. But the Patriots weren't expected to do what they did. The Bills, and they talked about it openly. It wasn't like we had to read between the lines. Brandon Bean in interviews talked about, we have to beat the Chiefs. And so this is kind of where, you know, all the chips get pushed into the table here. And and again, that's why I kind of, I went on the, I wanted to bring up that point that this, and it brings kind of everything full circle. This isn't the AFC championship game. It feels like it should be, but it's not. And of course, we don't get to find out if the Bills have it unless they win this game, but uh, the emphasis on it. Um, yeah, I think we, that's we, a little disrespectful to a Tennessee team that beat Kansas City and Buffalo and is coming off a bye and, and when healthy has as much talent offensively as anybody in the league. Yeah, I, I, well, that's the other thing. Tennessee has, will have their attention also because of that loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, there are, there are ways for Sean McDermott to gin up, you know, the, his team's focus. But they were just, they were one game away from the Super Bowl last year, too, and just got destroyed. 
Uh, they, they weren't in that game at all. Uh, and I don't know. I, 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 do, I do think it's something that we may, when it's all said and done, look back on and say, those first two weeks maybe took a little too much out of them. Yeah, well, I mean, and also, too, you know, Ryan Tannehill isn't even, – even though he's played well and, you know, when Derrick Henry – is healthy and he's in there. We know what he can do. Just absolutely destroy defenses and just run all over everyone. As we saw time and time again, this season and, you know, look no further than what he did against the bills. But I think that the reason that this game gets so hyped up, it's, I mean, it's, it's the quarterbacks. And I I read, I think it was after the game. I think it was after Sunday's game after the chiefs beat, the Steelers and Frank, I believe it was Frank Clark. He said something like, you know, it seems like the lights come on and the cameras turn on, um, you know, when, when, when these guys meet Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and it's like, well, yeah, like there's a reason for like, it's kind of like a duh. I mean, like no one, no one's surprised by that. Nobody. I well, it's, it's amazing, and I think it's where I give Kansas City the edge in the rematch is how much, how much different of a team they are now. I think people were writing Kansas City off after that Bills uh, loss, uh, the loss to the Bills, I'm saying. Uh, they were struggling. Pat Mahomes was throwing interceptions, pick six, off-platform, stupid plays, fumbles, um, and they were able to put it together. And I think that battling through whatever yips or turbulence that the team had early in the season I think makes them – stronger and the bills have done that too, but um, you know, they've had to battle through those, the ebbs and flows, but it seems like the chiefs went through it worse and have Mm -hmm. been playing consistently better for longer. The bills have won five games in a row, but a couple of them are against dog teams, two of them against the Patriots, of course. Um, Anyway, so I I think, uh, and these two teams, and I don't know if this makes any difference for Sunday's game, haven't played – I think actually Heather mentioned this earlier – haven't played a good game in a while. One team has dominated yep. – not so much dominated, but it wasn't very close in the end. It was sort of a runaway win for mm-hmm. – whether it was the Bills earlier this season or the Chiefs both time last year. So this kind of shootout, dueling, Allen versus Mahomes – quarterback matchup hasn't materialized quite yet which Maybe is crazy to th- which is crazy to think about when you look at both offenses like on paper I feel like that's what it should be like I, I every time these two get ready to play I'm expecting that Rams Chiefs game that Monday I believe it was that Monday night game a couple years ago where it was what like 54 to 50 or something like it was just insane. Like, I feel like in my mind, every time we get ready for these games, that's what I'm envisioning. But to go back to your point, Tim, about the chiefs going through their, you know, downward swing. So they started the season uh, three and four in those seven games. And I asked Leslie Frazier about this yesterday, what he thinks the biggest difference is, uh, you know, looking at the Chiefs offense from earlier in the season to now. And he said the biggest thing that jumps out is that they're not giving the ball away the way that they were earlier in the season. In those first seven games, I just looked it up. The Chiefs gave the ball away 17 times in seven games. And then they finished the season, the regular season, nine and one. They only had eight giveaways in that time. So that just Jeez. goes to show you 
the way that they're cleaning up those things, Patrick Mahomes, I, I don't know if it was yips or just trying to do too much or whatever, just or trying to get up for some of these regular season games. But, um, you know, he's, he's not throwing as many interceptions as he was at one point in the regular season. I think during that stretch, the Chiefs actually had the most giveaways in the league. Um, and then really the other thing that jumps out to me is the way that their defense has been playing. Um, during that stretch, the Chiefs defense couldn't stop anybody. Um, and now they're coming up with some big plays. Chris Jones is healthy. Um, he's back inside. So, yeah, I mean, there it's just it's a. I don't know what you can really, you can take some things away from that first matchup, I guess, but I just think that so much time has passed and I feel like these are just two completely different teams from what we saw back in week five. We have to give predictions on the show. Are we, are we uh, giving Mm. away, um, are we giving away um, privileged information? If we give, uh, if, if we find out what Heather Prusak's pick is for, for Sunday. Mm, I haven't even decided it yet. What's Otto's I, pick? Yeah, I know. Do we know what Otto's pick. That's right. Yeah, Otto needs to study. Um, he's going to be making his pick tomorrow. He needs to bone up. He needs to. He needs to get. <laughs> Jonah's uh, upset he didn't say it first. He's gonna he's gonna ridicule me for that joke, but he's upset he didn't. Oh, say I it like first. that one. I was laughing. I was laughing at the joke, and then you laughing at the joke was even funnier. <laughs> I had to acknowledge how awful it was. I didn't want anybody to, lest anyone think that I was proud of that joke. You should be. You should be, Tim. It was great. It was great. I see. It was awesome. It was rough. Uh, (laughs) What else do we want to talk about before we let Heather go? You haven't covered much Sabres. Uh, Jonah was out at the MLK Day game yesterday. There was only about 1,000 fans, he said. 1,001 if you count me. And there weren't many media members there because it seems uh, they all live in nope. areas Paul that Hamilton. get excavated. Well, that's what happens. You and Paul when... Hamilton were alone, Jonah? Uh, we were the only credentialed media in the press box. They were team employees. I wasn't certain if anybody from Detroit was already in town and was able to make it at the game. You know, they're at the other end, but I don't think I saw anybody. Everything's on Zoom. It was a little hard to tell, but and we got so I was empty. I was lonely. <laughs> Yeah, I was fortunate to make it down there that I was able to kind of borrow a car, actually, and drive down. I was impressed that there was even a thousand people there that Red Wings you fans. Bar- you borrowed a car? Yeah. Well, I went to go shovel my driveway, and I got like a hundred-foot driveway, if not longer. And I, I made it, you know, 20 minutes, I got about two feet forward, you know. And I, so I called my parents. They got a plow. So my dad was able to pick me up, and then I dropped him off and drove his car. See, Otto is very excited about, about the snow. Very, very pumped about the snow. In fact, the two labs in here, Otto and Truffles, they went out and they were rolling around in it. And sometimes he'll just, he'll just sit in it and he won't move. Like, it looks like he's, it's like an 80 degree day and he's sunbathing. Like he just sits there. I don't understand it. I think he's part polar bear. Um, I'm convinced. So... Wait, That's, if he got like his on his back with his stomach in the air? Yeah, like he'll oh. he'll roll. Yeah, he'll like roll around and he gets like he's like twitching and he's trying to get it get as much snow on him as possible. Oh. But I will take that over mud any day. So, well, but what that Channel Four Sports Department office needs most of all, 
because of its cleanliness and its or how organized it is and uh, impeccably decorated is the smell of wet dog would it really puts it over the top yeah i mean we have experienced that earlier in in the fall and and um there have been times i learned my lesson always of towels in my car when i take auto anywhere because i learned that the hard way i had one towel in my car once and he finds the smallest puddle up against this like cement slab out there where the satellites are and he wedges his way into this puddle and somehow gets covered head to toe i don't understand i don't know how it's possible that he does it because it's always like the smallest little areas but he does it and um then i i am left to clean I, it up i can't tell you how he does it but i know why he does it because he's because he he's an asshole yeah well you tell him that next time you see him <laughs> when he's, but I you will. won't Put be able to get a camera right now i'll tell yeah. him yeah Otto, come here come here can we Otto. ask Otto what does Otto think about the dome stadium is that something he wants come here Hey, Otto, stop oh, being an God. asshole. <laughs> Why do you go in the mud? Why do you go in the mud? Why do you do that? Ratings are spiking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jonah, while you were picking up Otto, Jonah says uh, he wants to know what Otto thinks of a dome stadium. What do you think of a G? Uh, you know what? I'll ask him tomorrow when he's making his prediction. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Well, he's like, based on what we just heard, you know, he's going to like being outside in the elements. He doesn't. It's true. Yeah. He's going to he... need some precipitation yeah it's an it's a it's an advantage it's a competitive advantage well, i guess this show has just gone to the dogs huh <laughs> i think i have proven here within the last five minutes that i would make a fine news anchor i think you would too you want to come on you want to come like you can yeah how about this give don postals a break tonight you can come in and fill in for him and it'll be great I would have to shave according no, to company policy. Says who? Says the boss. When? Well, what? Why do you have to shave? My beard. <laughs> Just to clarify for people that are listening and can't see on the video. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She has always said Lisa, Lisa Polster, news director at WIVB Channel 4 wants people uh, to shave, but I'm not a channel four employee. And if Sal Capaccio doesn't have to shave, then I don't have to shave. Yeah, I was gonna say you didn't the other day. Matt Perino doesn't shave. There's other channels with bearded men and bearded ladies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's. Like that, like there. This, there this show has gone to the dogs. I'm gonna add some uh, sound effects. Very hairy, very hairy situation. Mm. Is this what you guys do all day at uh, the TV studio? Just rip puns back and forth? <laughs> only, when, no. only when Tim's around. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's usually a different type of conversation altogether. A lot of Christmas vacation quotes. Can we talk about that chair real quick? Is that just an old, old chair, or is there a lot of like aggressive leg movements that causes that? It, 
it's an uh, interesting wear pattern. Yeah, does he pick it himself down there? Yeah, it's like I don't really know how to describe it. And it's also I can't it's so far down that I I don't I think the lever's broken. So if I need to edit anything on that computer, I don't know how to like raise it. So I feel like I'm just a little gremlin trying to type because the chair is so low. Oh. Maybe so that's anyone... why the wear is like that because of the the knee. Maybe. So if anybody would like to uh, to donate a new chair to the sports office, let us know. That looks disgusting. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> that you well, know what, Heather... that's me. That's me. Your chair next time you're in here. Oh, I don't sit when I'm in there. I don't. Uh... You will. I don't. Tim doesn't sit for anything. <laughs> nope. I don't sit. I'm not going to sit. I don't like to sit around in there. I go back to Mary Margaret Johnson's uh, area because she at least strikes me. Well, you're at your area. Yours is the area I would pick, Heather, because yeah. it is impeccable. Uh, Mary Margaret strikes me as uh, a rather fastidious mm -hmm. and together person. So I feel like I'm not. Too. Yeah, I feel like, and it's dark back there too, which is a shame that you put Mary Margaret back there in the corner. But where's Jerry Sullivan's desk? How, how does that look right now? Uh, let's see. I don't see it. <laughs> Takes it home with him. It disappeared. Yeah, he just took his little folding chair and just his little folding table, just marched out. That's like when I worked part time with the Buffalo News. I had no desk and no workstation. <laughs> I came in a couple of times and I was like, I don't think they want me here. <laughs> you know, just work from home. I worked there for 18 years or whatever it was. I, I, the sports department, you know, with the exception of the sports editor and the his, the assistant sports editor, nobody has a desk. I get, you, yeah, yeah. I'm envisioning like how in Friends after they get robbed and they have Chandler and Joey have like the, the beat up patio furniture that they find on like the side of the road. That, that's what I'm imagining your desks look like. The like, like ones that you just make, Tim. That's, that's what I'm envisioning over at the Buffalo News for you. The Buffalo News was a biological hazard up until about, I don't know, six or seven years ago. They came through and they really did a deep clean. But there were these no man's land areas where there would be power strips uh, because this building was set up, you know, the, before the technology, you know, the advent of even the internet. And so you'd have to go fishing for internet or for uh, outlets and things would fall in there and you couldn't reach them. They'd have four desks all together. And then there was this well of junk of food that would fall in there. There, uh, you could look in there and see like Bugs. a shoe. Uh, there would be, yeah, just dust, like like inches and inches of dust and old programs and stats. Great. And Sounds great for people with asthma. Oh, it was terrible. The old uh, Niagara Gazette building was literally condemned because of the roof leaking and it made stairways unstructurally sound. And they had to sell that building apart because it was an insurance liability to have anybody work there. Jesus. Where was that? <laughs> that was on the corner of 3rd and Niagara Street. And it's considered, because Palladino bought it and they're trying to keep the historical facade. It's considered somewhat historic, I suppose, in that city. But inside the building, they're going to have to tear it completely down and rebuild. It's unsalvageable. Well, there's a lot of newspaper buffs out there that would uh, love to say that they live in a condo that was the old Niagara Gazette building. So I'm sure those will go for yeah, a premium. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Heather Prusak, thank you for doing this. Um, 
anything else you want to talk about before we let you go? I, I don't want to leave you feeling as though you didn't say all that you wanted to. I mean, well, I mean, then we'd be here for hours if, if, if I just said everything that I wanted to say, but no, I'm good. I'm good for, for the time we have. I am good. And I will, I will think of some more, some more crazy random things to talk about the next time you guys have me on probably more dogs, probably more dog stories on the way. Let's get more dogs in there. I know Mary Margaret's got one, right? I've seen that dog. I've met so many dogs at at that station. You guys bring your dogs every day or is this like, not every day. day Yeah. Not every day. It, It depends. So Otto, that's Otto's girlfriend truffles. And so when our director, Kelly, Truffle's mom, is working, we'll kind of coordinate. I'll say, are you working tonight? Are you bringing her in? And so I try to bring him in when one of his friends is going to be here so that he's entertained. And then it's great because I come home and he passes the F out. It's awesome. Have you met Rick the dog yet? The Sabres dog? I have not. That is, I got, I got to. I got to get there too late. He's already been, he's off to his forever home. Isn't he? I think he I think met that's happening, person. but I think they said that that's a yeah. transition. They, they yeah. need to take some time before that happens. I see. Completely. Oh, I, I will him. meet Rick. I will make sure to meet Rick. Heather, I'll see you in a couple of days. I'll see you Thursday at the WIVB studios. Sounds great. For a Buffalo kickoff live pregame show from seven to eight. Yes. Seven to eight okay. on Thursday. And then there's a lot of other shows we got going on that I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm not so doing many. the Saturday show. I will be in transit to Kansas City. So I'm not doing that show. But then I will be doing the show on Sunday. You're going to Kansas City. I am. Fly out first thing Friday morning. None of this so. studio stuff for you. Yeah, I'll be there. Uh, yeah, we'll be in studio with you Thursday and then going to get some barbecue. It's really why I'm going. All right. Mm-hmm. Cool. Heather, thanks for this. Yep. Thanks, guys. And, uh, Talk to you thanks soon. Every- thanks to everybody out there for listening to Tim Graham and Friends, brought to you by CTBK, CPAs and business consultants. Hey, uh, before we wrap up, let me remind everybody that you should uh, go check out Amherst Pizza and Ale House for all the college and pro games, especially now with that legalized sports betting in New York. You know you want to go to a place that's got a bunch of TVs so you can monitor all the different action. And Amherst Pizza and Ale House allows you to do that. Not only football, hockey, whatever you need, but the pay-per-views, the boxing and the uh, mixed martial arts events, they have those. 55 Cross Point Parkway in Getzville. That's right off Millersport Highway in the 990. Uh, recognized by ESPN.com as Western New York's top spot to watch sports. Uh, stop in or call for takeout and delivery. Obviously, uh, fantastic wings, fingers, the pizza, of course. It's right there in the title. 716-625-7100. Again, Amherst Pizza Nail House number 716 716- 625-7100. Amherst Pizza and Alehouse. CTBK is more than just a full-service accounting firm. They are one team with an innovative approach to accounting and rise to each new challenge with collaborative problem-solving skills. CTBK goes above and beyond by lending helping hands in the Buffalo and Niagara community through volunteer work and donations and is partnered up with Victory Sports for 2020 and 2021 
to keep kids in the community active. The professionals at CTBK are determined to help individuals and businesses succeed. Whether a large corporation, a small business, or somewhere in between, call CTBK at 716-630-2400. Again, 716-630-2400, and see what CTBK's one-team approach can do for you.